Lund, coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away. Whoopsie doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that. A pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way. Bang for Noah and the Erickson center erupts. Spread the love around. Corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Welcome to 2023, everybody. Hope you had a great and happy start to your new year. Why, Merle, Ryan Mitchell, it's the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast. For all the loyal listeners, welcome back. If this is the first time you're hearing us or have heard about this podcast, welcome in. Uh, We love to interact with you, so if you're interested in being a part of the pod, the discussion, you can always email us, uaotheumac at gmail.com, or on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC. You can DM us there. Uh, We will be posting the links to all the podcasts on there, and as Ryan promised, and yes, I say promise, Ryan, because on the last pod you said we got to up our game a little bit so uh, we're going to be more active on the twitter starting now good we need to be on that machine more because it's still up so let's it's a useful tool you're absolutely right i like it we'll we'll spread the cause we'll spread the pod but no there there is ways to get involved and we do love hearing from you so welcome in everybody uh that is maybe listening for the first time it's a preview pod ryan because umac play is officially here and off and rolling, I shouldn't say officially, yeah, we had the two games back, what is it, almost a month ago now, but now this is when we get steady conference games coming in, one of the most wonderful times of the year, if you ask me. Yeah, don't call it a comeback, Wyatt. Mm. It's always been here. Mm. It was always mm-hmm. going to return. Guess who's true. back? Back again. UMAC play in earnest. So, yeah, I mean, now we really get to lock in, and we've talked to some uh, players and whatnot, and they've said, you know, now it's business time. No screwing around no more. Now it is time to lock in officially. And, you know, if you had it your way, Wyatt, UMAC play would just be starting on Friday. But we already got two games in, so we have some context to play in to the one matchup. We don't double dip. What do you think about that? Like, for a lot of schools, they're coming out of winter break where some of them played a few games. Some of them got out of state. Some of them haven't done much of anything. I think of a Morris club. We talked about their long layoff and past pods. They were supposed to play Waldorf earlier this week. It got canceled because of the snow. So they haven't played in an eon. They've basically taken a hibernation. Somebody's got to knock on the door and say, hey, you got to wake up and get back out to daylight because you got yeah. a big game in St. Bonnie. Well, and like you said, how do they look coming off that long break? And I, I do appreciate that it is maybe just the one game for you know this weekend just to settle back in and then you'll start getting a pretty steady stream of that Friday Saturday that we're used to so uh, there's a lot of questions we got to get into there's a lot of games to predict even though it is only a Saturday slate because it's a full slate and a lot to talk about so we should probably just dive right into it don't you think yeah, no more messing around. I mean, no my need favorite to, podcast uh... takes a break here and says, but first Woody Durham, and then they do the whole bit. But no, we're just jumping right into it. So here we hey. go. Hey, I, I appreciate that. And after our uh, predictions for those that listen to the college football playoff talk on the last pod, uh, I don't think uh, we want to talk about anything else anyways. We'll stick to the we'll, UMAC basketball. Yeah, so. We'll quick wrap it up at the end. How about that? If you want to listen all the way to oh, the end. Oh, we're going to talk more college cents. football later tonight? 
I'll just get your two cents on what happened in the semis for those very, who want to hear about why it's beloved Georgia Bulldogs and how nervous he was. Wait until the end of the podcast. That's very dangerous to give me just, you know, two minutes. That could turn into a couple of uh, minutes to a lot of we'll, minutes, and all of a sudden it's a long time. We'll so maybe roll the dice. Well, maybe not. We'll see what <laughs> all happens. Right. All right. Let's start on the women's side for this upcoming Saturday and get into the matchups. It's going to be uh, as follows for this weekend. It'll be Martin Luther at Bethany, North Central, and North Western Northland at Superior. Those are all 4:45 tip-offs, and then at 5:30, Minnesota Morris is at Crown. Uh, Ryan, let's start from top to bottom as listed on the UMAC website. So Martin Luther at Bethany Lutheran. Uh, the Knights coming into this one 0-2 in conference play. Bethany Lutheran one and one, but a very familiar team uh, to success. What do you see uh, here in this matchup? And keep in mind, thus far this season, you are 9-7. and seven. I am 11-5 and five in total uh, on the prediction so far. So you do have a little bit of ground to make up, but it is early. Is there one red alarm that's flashing? Do I have to panic? Or is it where we say the cliche? You won last I have to year, have, so... I have to have a sense of urgency, but I don't have to panic yet? Is, is that what we're doing? I'm not going to play mind games with you. <laughs> I, I'll let you pick whoever you want to pick. I'm just reading the facts off for you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I was, uh, you know, liking this Martin Luther Club coming into the season, and I did not expect them to start 0-2. And what do we talk about so much? Why early in the conference season? Well, you're not really in trouble until you drop a game at home. Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they've dropped two at home. Mm-hmm. And now you're going on the road against a team who was the one seed last year. But Bethany looks way, way different. And when we look at Martin Luther, I know Bethany was getting after it over the break. And they were playing some good competition down in Iowa against Warburg and Simpson. And, you know, guess what? Martin Luther also got some mojo going during the break. They played Nebraska Wesleyan. Actually, we're recording this evening. They won earlier tonight. So shout hey, out to Martin Luther picking up a win and trying to get some mojo back. And so, you know, I really like them coming into the year. So the big question is, how quickly can they get it back on track in the UMAC? Because, you know, it's early still. But for a team who I truly think, you know, should have aspirations of being near that 5-4 to four slot and trying to somehow find a way to crack into the UMAC playoffs. They got a ton of talent returning back, and they had a good performance earlier this evening on the road and found a way in that contest. So I'm contemplating, I'm debating, because, you know, it's been interesting, too, with Bethany Wyatt. I mean, yeah, it's not the most desirable start, but it's not too much of a surprise that they're not just going to roll like they did last season. Sure, you pick up the win that they have so far in UMAC play, Uh, against Northland I mean no offense to Northland but most people saw that as a win for Bethany but you felt a superior by 15 at home is superior on a totally different level than Martin Luther as far as talent and personnel I don't necessarily think so not trying to take anything away from superior we'll get to them in a second why it's just like he's just talking in this absolute circle when's he gonna shut up and (laughs) take take your time Ryan take your time it's early still I'm riding with the squad I believe in. I think it's a huge deal that they got a victory that they can hang their hats on against Nebraska Wesleyan tonight. I'm taking the Martin Luther College Knights, and I'm sure you're scoffing at it, but uh, I'm riding with them, Wyatt. 
Here's the deal. The longer you have to make an explanation for why you're picking a team, probably not a good thing. You're, you're wow. doing a lot of okay. explaining. That's all I'm all saying. Right. That's all I'm saying. All I'm right. not even sure how confident you are in, in that selection. <laughs> but uh, I, I am going to go with Bethany. Uh, the, the biggest difference for me, I can understand why you maybe could make a case. But Bethany's at home here, Ryan. And this is not a must-have, it, but you want to get— superior. I, I understand. I, I'm just saying, though, that Bethany, not that they're awake from that loss, but they want to get to 2-1 and one, uh, off of this uh, start here in the new year to try and get to 2-1 and one in conference play. This this is a good spot for them to get a win. I, I don't see how they lose this game at home. That's, that's just the way I look at it. But I applaud you for riding with a team that you have backed. So I, I can respect that. Alrighty, we're already split on one. We'll see uh, what happens from here. Do you want to just move down as they are in order? Do you want to mix it up? I'll leave it up I, to you. I, I want to just keep going in order, so you know that All way right. it's just you know that's that's the way we're doing it. But uh, if you'd like to go different, feel free to let me know. But that's that's what I say. So that would mean North Central at Northwestern is next. Do you want me to go first on this one then? Yeah, because I don't have many thoughts on this game. So you go ahead. I don't know what to say. <laughs> hey, so. you you're gonna be on the call for this one, correct? <laughs> Yeah, so I okay. better have something to say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So I, I look at this one, Northwestern, we kind of talked about this could be a good chance for them to make a statement this year. Uh, it's a little bit more open. They're off to that 2-0 start in conference play. Now they get a chance at home against another 2-0 squad. We talked with head coach Leah Zabla recently, and uh, I tell you, it's an interesting matchup for a lot of reasons. The biggest thing that I look at, again, it's hard for me when teams that I view are even maybe even Northwestern, I would argue, is a little bit better at this point so far this season. They have more of the name recognition as far as players that uh, can really produce night in and night out so far. I got to go with Northwestern at home in this one to get a win, get to 3-0 and and remain as one of at least two. We'll talk about Superior in a little bit. At least one uh, of two remaining undefeated teams if Superior is to win. So I think this is a statement game for Northwestern to get to 3-0 and at home. They get it done. Close one, you thinking? I mean, under I five. Think so. I mean, Mini versus Paul, I... Unfortunately, I don't know there's going to be a ton of people because both schools aren't back in session. And I hope I'm wrong. But. Hey, I, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I asked that question on the last pod. That does play a role into this because I it think does. North Central is catching them at a good time because Northwestern, yep. it's not an easy place to play. The students typically do go all out and they do a great job of making it hard uh, to hear in there at times. And overall, just it's a tough atmosphere. So they did catch them at the right time. Even prove with that- us wrong, though. For people listening, prove us wrong. Fill the Erickson <laughs> Fill it up. Nothing would yeah. warm, warm my heart more on Saturday if I'm wrong with that guesstimation. There you go. So I, I look at it and I say, I'm going to take the Northwestern Eagles to get the win and I do think it's close though this is a single digit game for sure North Central might even have a lead in the second half of this one but I do think Northwestern gets it done and hands the Rams their first loss in conference play all right Wyatt we're not in the same room but I feel like there's an elephant in the room and you talk about name recognition you can, and you can and do player it. recognition and you know people who've been there before you heard the news correct you know what I'm alluding I know, to. I know what I'm alluding to. Yeah, I know what you're alluding to, of course. Come on, don't play dumb with me, Ryan. Just say it. Get it out. So there's a player for Northwestern that had a great, great career. I mean, you know, did a lot of really good things, even though they fell short in each of the last four years, losing in the UMAC semifinals. But, you know, hunted up. She's been on the sideline 
to start the season as a coach. She's moving on to the next phase of life. And all of a sudden, she's back. And I turned on a stream last week when they were on the road at Warburg Wyatt, and I did a double take, and I was like, wait a second. Did, did I can't imagine... Like, I can't imagine what that was like for you because you had no idea. Like I would have freaked I out. No honestly, clue. I would have thought, "Am I in the wrong year right now?" <laughs> well, what, the first thing I thought of why because the basketball was on a side of the floor where you look straight up and it was Warburg's bench and not Northwestern. <laughs> so the first thing I thought was, "Okay, Northwestern had some terrible accident or somehow they were only able to bring like you know four players or five players on the road." Yikes. And so this assistant coach had to get her uniform back on and play basketball just to get numbers. And the Eagles have already lost this game by a forfeit. And they're just, I don't know, I, all these crazy <laughs> thoughts went into my Lots, head. yeah, there's a lot going on in your head. But anyways. So anyway, it, formerly known as Megan Roberts, Robbie, known by so many different people, great career at Northwestern, but it was done. She was an assistant coach to start the season. Coach Call somehow convinced her to be like, hey, you can still be around the program, but now you got to do some stuff and uh, help me out as an assistant in a different role. Now Megan McGow is back for Northwestern wide, and it's not just someone playing in their COVID year, but they're doing it in a way where they don't play their first game until almost two months into the season. Her first game was last Thursday against Warburg, so she's still just about inside a week of game action. I don't know how many practices she's had, but... Have you ever seen something like this where we talk about the COVID year and extra eligibility and you and I talk about that all the time off the mic in other sports, but to do this in this fashion partway into the season after you were a coach, like what? Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to kind of get my head wrapped around it and figure it out to a certain extent, but uh, it's 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 unbelievable. I, I, I tell you, it's a boost for Northwestern, assuming she can get back up to game speed and be the player she was before. Uh, time will tell, I think, with that, and we might get another good glimpse at that here this Saturday, but I mean, I don't think it can hurt Northwestern, obviously, to have her back out there. It, it, it truly is one of the storylines of the year now, though, on the women's side, without question. It absolutely is, and, you know, we've talked about it, Wyatt, where it's so open on the women's side this year, and the Eagles, you know, have a lot of young talent after that great senior class graduated last year, so the cupboard wasn't bare, but, you know, maybe you would say going down the stretch, they're going to really miss the experience they had. Well, now you have some of it on the floor and not just in the form of a coach, and so how much of a difference will that make? And I'm glad you brought up the point of it's a wait and see on how quickly she can get up to game speed. I'll tell you what, seeing her yesterday in person in a non-conference game where the Eagles, you know, had a good second half performance, she's getting there. She's looking better than what she did last week, which is what you would expect. And she's doing the things that you're used to seeing Robbie doing where she's getting out on shooters. And I think she had four blocks in the game and then she had a transition bucket on a lead pass ahead. And then she's stepping out and a threat from downtown as well. So those are the things you hope she's still coming off the bench. Will that change soon? I don't know. We'll wait and see. But there's so many unknowns coming into a game like this, Wyatt, against North Central. It's mini versus Paul. They're two 2-0 two clubs. I mean, I want all the pomp and circumstance around it. You know that I always build it up to the nines probably too far outside of just the actual game. But we think about the last time, at least I do, the last time these two played, Wyatt. You remember when that was? Uh, you always put me on the spot here. I'm trying. <laughs> it was in the playoffs, right? Yep, that okay, fateful there Friday night, last Friday in February, and we did our instant reaction pod later that night. And it's one of the most, you know, shocking results that I have ever seen in my time. Like, seriously, where North Central beat the brakes off of Northwestern 
on the road. Coach Bruner's club making a statement on their way to hoisting the hardware later on that week in the Sunday win over Minnesota Morris. All that is to say, Bruner's gone. So many of the North Central players who were big leaders on that squad are gone. Same for Northwestern. We've talked about that before, but it's just magnified even more in this matchup. But guess what, Wyatt? Similar sight. Both near or at the top of the standings once again. Yeah, it's not in February, so not as much is on the line, but there's still stuff on the line. Wyatt, as one of our favorite guys likes to say, what's at stake Saturday? What's Somebody's it? O oh, has, has got what? to go. Somebody's has got, to, got go. to go. I don't think we can have a tie, can we? I think somebody's got to win. If if there was a way, I'm sure there that, that you know I have never heard of it before. But uh, somebody's always got to go. Absolutely. But the UMAC is really unlike any other wide, and it keeps surprising us with twists and turns left and right. So it, maybe there could be. I don't know. Anyway, so yes, somebody's always got to go in this one, and I'm going to take Northwestern as well. I'm interested to see how big of a role Megan plays, and this is no shock to you, Wyatt, because you and so many others have said. When is he going to have more respect for this North Central club? It is absolutely ridiculous how much he's disrespecting the defending champs. I'll continue to say what I said. We will really see in this spot, Wyatt, with those same names not back, with Bruner not back. Let's not just talk about the players, Wyatt. You know how pumped Coach Zabla must be? We talked mm. to her a few weeks ago, and she talked about how excited she was about the start. Mm-hmm. This is different. You can pick up wins in Florida over Christmas break. You can have a 2-0 start to UMAC play. You can pick up some other non-conference wins. But now it's teeth-cutting time. We flip into the new calendar year. You go down the road to your rival Northwestern on the road. They're 2-0, you're 2-0. Now it's really time to make a statement and show what you're made of. If they go in that building and win and put up a convincing performance against Northwestern, then then I'm really going to start to change my tenor. I'm not saying it cannot be done. But I'm saying the Eagles win by 5-plus at home Saturday in that contest, the second half of what should be a scintillating double dip at the Erickson Center. I don't blame you for picking Northwestern. I'm picking them as well, like you said. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not going to throw shade at you for not giving North Central respect here because I I, I would uh, be surprised if, uh, I guess not surprised if they win, but Northwestern should be the team favorite in this matchup. So. Yeah. Here's one more, and I feel like this could be a game that's like in the 50s or low 60s, so offense could be hard to come by. In fact, I would say that's more likely than not. The winning team doesn't score 65-plus. I think Joel Telso has to put up 20-plus for them to win. So if if the box score reads 19 or fewer? No shot. It's a Northwestern dub. Okay. I I believe so. There you go. Heard it from Ryan here first, so we will uh, get back to that the next time we hop on. But uh, anyways, another matchup is Northland at Superior. Superior uh, also trying to get to 3-0 in conference play. They've had a great start. Northland, uh, on the flip side, did pick up a win in conference play in that first weekend, so they're 1-1, and so a huge opportunity for them as well. I mean, you can't uh, state that enough as well. Uh, how do you see this one going for, for uh, Superior in Northland, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it all starts and ends with the player we've talked so much about. But, I mean, right so, especially when you go on the road in a spot like this against a superior club who's a you know good squad and there's still some questions even though they're 2-0. and Miranda Wagner, Wyatt, how, how good, <clears throat> excuse me, is she feeling late Saturday afternoon into Saturday evening? And it's similar to what I just brought up with Telso, and I'll turn it back to you because she's your player and she's one that you want to put up a big box score, win or lose, the rest of the season in UMAC play. How many does Miranda Wagner have to score for them to get a road win? Because that's where mine go. my mind goes first 
in a matchup like this? Yeah, I'd say twenty-five to thirty, uh, honestly. Okay. And and I don't, uh, I, I I just superior seems like their mindset is just where it needs to be. You know, when when, when you talk with uh, their head coach, for instance, like we got the chance to, and just in general, you know, the tradition, the history of this program seems like they're in the right mindset for this season. So it's going to be a tough task for Northland on Saturday. So all that is to say you're taking the Jackets. Well, you were supposed to pick first, so I didn't want to uh, say it. But, yes, I mean, if, if you didn't figure it out, I am it's taking fair. the Jackets. <laughs> I'm going to take the Jackets as well. And I'm interested to see, you know, they've kind of proven we can win multiple different ways. And I'm interested to see, you know, they hang their hats defensively. When we talk to Coach Carpenter, they like to get in your face and make things really difficult on that side of the floor. They put up 79 to open up UMAC play at Bethany, so I'm not saying they can't score. They can win in multiple ways, as we've stated, but I don't see this being super high-scoring either. I feel like things kind of tighten up a little bit more. And Wyatt, how about this, though? I mean, what an opportunity for Northland. When's the last time we've said that they're 1-1 early in UMAC play and have a legit shot to pick up a road win to go to 2-1 because of not just what they have with Wagner, but what else they've gotten at guard play with Espinoza and others who had big performances at Martin Luther, they definitely got a shot. And if they win this game and we're coming back in the reaction pod to this week's action, we're saying, yep, Superior and Northland both at 2-1 and one, and the Lumberjills are at the top half of the standings in the second week of January. I mean, job well done by Coach Phillips in her first year. They have a real opportunity this Saturday on the road. I would agree. I, I think they do have a chance, and there will be a lot to honestly with a couple of these matchups. If they go the way we don't think they're going to go, there's going to be a lot to talk about when we recap it. That's for sure. It's not uh, undoable by any means, but I do think Superior is going to be too much for Northland to handle. So already there's done, there's been there's been uh, wait what'd you say? Two done, two to go. Three done, actually. Three. Come I was going to say, hold on a second, Ryan. We did three. Did you already? <laughs> Wait, which which one are you forgetting on me here? We've done three. So the last yes. one is Morris at Crown. Uh, there's been something that's been very uh, similar with all my picks so far. I've picked all the home teams. Crown's home in mm. this one. We're going to break what? that trend. We're breaking that trend. Oh. This is Morris's game to win on the road. Remember Crown's resolution that I gave him, though, Okay. You either got to shoot the three ball better or stop shooting it. So I don't think they're just going to stop shooting it. Let's see if they can knock down some of their threes, keep this interesting, maybe get off to a good start against Morris. Remember, both these teams are 0-2 now, though, entering this game. It's a must win, I would say, for both of these teams if they want their season to go uh, the way uh, you know their hopes and aspirations are and uh, what they think they can accomplish. So for Morris, a team that we thought could be the preseason favorite and a really tough team to beat, this is a huge wake-up uh, moment for them on the road. I think they get it done 2023, new year, new team right there over in Minnesota Morris's uh, campus. All right, Wyatt, another question for you. Is this a loser leaves town matchup? Meaning Almost. loser is basically out of the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a gotta have a game to a certain extent. I mean, obviously this early in the year, that's never the case, but you do look at the way, you know, the rest of the season, go. it goes by quick. I mean, with the amount of conference games you get now and uh, cause you only get 14 cause, cause there's eight teams. So you play everybody twice. So it's, uh, it, it's tough to start on three and make noise later in the year. So this is a big game. And that's why I think Morris, a team that has a higher ceiling is going to get the win. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully for Morris wide, I mean, we're going to talk about their men's squad a little later, but their women's squad, 
albeit two really tough matchups, they got to play over the winter break. Okay, they played Whitewater out in California, and then they played uh, UC Santa Cruz, and you know those are teams near the rankings or in the top 25, and so both of them they lost handily. Do you think you still gain something from that, though? Even though, I mean, right now they're in the midst of a four-game losing streak. Is that better than, you know, not having played since the loss at Northwestern? I think it can go both ways because eventually, you know, you get beat up so much and, you know, take so many losses, you start to wonder and question if you you really are capable of uh, doing some things. But I think they know uh, what they can do and what they're capable of. And I, I think Coach Grove will have them in the right mindset and in a good position to attack it. So I would say more than anything, it was beneficial. Again, the harder competition you play, uh, the more you put yourself out there, it's only going to help you in the end. And it did last year for them, and it could very well be the case again this year. Well, would you agree with that? Yeah, I absolutely would. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, the more it's going to help you out later in the season, because honestly, they've gotten a tough draw. I mean, off the bat, I'm just looking at the rest of the schedule they got. They got a ton of home games down the stretch and they're just you know hoping a day comes where they read the schedule and say oofta we don't have to go on the road this week that's going to be the case next week when we talk about them when they host northland college and uw superior but why i mean you start umac play and you go at north central defending champs at northwestern a team who you know we just talked about two and all already and right up there near the top as well and then at crown they're just saying when can we finally get a home game but it's one it kind of feels like you got to have for a squad that we talked about going into the season i mean both you and i um picked them originally to be number one at the end of the regular season you then switched it to northwestern i kept it with morris gotta have it gotta have it and i'm saying morris wins and they win by double digits and i'm looking to see defensively why can they force 20 plus turnovers because i think their defense is capable of doing it and if i'm crown i'm just saying you know, if I'm Coach Tussler, let's find a way to continually work on that press break this week and just get ourselves in the half court and give ourselves a chance. And if we can have a really good day from downtown and shooting over top of the zone that they run sometimes for Coach Grove's club, then that's, you know, our opportunity to win the basketball game. But I'm expecting the defense to turn the dial, as I mentioned in our resolutions pod from a couple weeks ago. That is what I would be doing if I were Morris to try to win this game. Start it with the defense, and then that'll energize the rest of what you do on the floor it's a good game for our resolutions uh right away to start 2023 for both of these teams because there is a lot at stake i i do think it comes down to if crown can consistently make their three-point shot and so far this year ryan they haven't they haven't done it but but keep shooting it mackenzie latsky and maddie hecox i need you to keep shooting it please just keep throwing shots up i kind of agree to a certain uh, extent because how else are they going to put up points? Exactly. That feels uh, like the it's only not, path to victory. Yeah. But but here's the deal, Ryan. If they keep shooting 25%, they're going to turn in just an awful, awful season. So you have to start making at some point. So uh, until Wyatt, they do. Wyatt, but shoot or shoot, Wyatt. And t- that's what I'm saying. If I'm Coach Tussler in the huddle, and, guys, shoot or shoot. And shoot that's great. Shoot. And uh, until they can make them, though, this this is a this opportunity oh, it's, for Morris to get a win. And no, we'll see. Coming, maybe, maybe it's maybe it will. Maybe it'll come this Saturday. I don't know. But we're both on Morris. It sounds like so. Uh, really, that that means the only difference, if I'm remembering correctly, would be that very first matchup. Let's go Knights. Coach so Garish's go. Knights backs up against the wall. Zero and two. You're going to make it happen, though. This is the only game they got to prepare for this weekend. They got some mojo coming from the win against Nebraska Wesleyan. I believe, Wyatt. You know, I, you said I wasn't confident before, and I take offense to that. I believe. I'm I'm uberly confident. 
Alrighty, well, let's uh, flip that one over to the men's side then on that note and uh, get right into it here. Again, just uh, four on each side because it's just the Saturday slate this weekend. Same matchups, though. Martin Luther at Bethany, North Central at Northwestern, Northland at Superior, and then Morris at Crown. Ryan, I'll let you decide where to start on this one. And, you know, honestly, moving forward, since the men's games are first, we should probably do the men's games first and then the women's games second. It feels weird to do the women's games knowing they're, you know, the, the later games and then jumping forward almost to do the men's games if that makes sense so uh note to self i, I think we got to go in chronological order moving forward but we and, we don't have to apologize for being gentlemen we do ladies first i understand okay, but I, I i understand i'm just saying something to think about moving forward here because you know we we got all these games first and the first one uh where where do you want to start here yeah, let's let's uh, throw a little curveball and let's go a different direction. Let's uh, start out in Superior because for some random reason, Wyatt, they're top of mind. I mean, I'm just thinking of a couple of Superior Yellow Jackets players, and I I'm think not, you may I'm... hear from a couple Jackets, you know, coming up soon. If you're listening to this, maybe it's not on the uh, feed yet, but keep refreshing the feed, and you may see some uh, conversation about the Jackets. And I'll just leave it there. I have no comment on on that. I have nothing to add to that i'll just echo or i'll say ditto to what uh what you Fair. said so you want to talk about them uh hosting northland yeah the wisconsin battle wyatt this mm. only happens a few times during the year they're the lone two one. clubs in the umac who are from the other side of the border some bad blood maybe i don't know i i, I guess you could you could look at it that way maybe but it's uh it is compelling from that standpoint it is the two Wisconsin schools to see who reigns supreme I guess in the UMAC from the state of Wisconsin so how do you see this one playing out Superior is at home uh, Northland though one of those teams I tell you for some reason you just never really can count them out you never know what Northland team you're gonna get yeah, I mean, it has not been the start that Coach Sorensen's club would want, but hey, I mean, it's still early and you're one and one, so you only got three wins on the season, but you know what? You're 500 and have a chance to go above it with just, again, we keep reiterating it. I'll say it again, why it's the only game you got this weekend, so there's more time to prepare for it. We've talked about the quick turnaround in past you know, conversations that we've had this year and last year, that's an advantage for coaches this weekend. There's not a late night Friday and then an early morning Saturday of like, I have to do a cram session to prepare for an exam that I've been procrastinating about. No, there's no procrastination needed. You have all the time you need to prepare for this one. And why? correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going off in a totally different direction here, but Bemidji State, they're Division Two for basketball, correct? They're in the NSIC. That's, uh, you know, the conference up here where yeah. I'm at in Crooks. I've watched them play a couple times. What if I told you Northland played at Bemidji Monday night, and they lost, but only by nine? 91-82. Would, would, would not shock me. I'm not trying to, you know, take a shot at wow. Northland here. It's impressive. But, uh, Bemidji. But oh, Bemidji, man. yeah. Beaver no, Nation. Bemidji, oh, no. uh, not, uh, it's, they've seen better days. I'll put it that way. I, I was not very wow. impressed when I saw them. So. Wow. So, so hockey is the destination up in Bemidji, I guess, not basketball. You could say that. You, you could definitely okay. say, hey, it's still impressive for Northland, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, putting up 82 points against the D2 club, I mean, that's the most recent result we have to go off of. So they have... Plenty of time still to prepare for the Jackets, what I was talking about a moment ago, but I wanted your take on that, and uh, I appreciate that because you're an elite Bemidji State mind, apparently, or at least... Uh, NSIC, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's my thing, but uh, anyways. So, you know, when we look back earlier this year, like I mentioned, Wyatt, it feels like they got to win defensively in a way. 
they won on the road at Martin Luther, scoring 65, and the Knights, you know, are having some difficulty scoring themselves this year, so they pick up a double-digit win then. But then they let up a buck 11 to Bethany in the most recent UMAC contest. Breaking news, though, Wyatt. Bethany's going to drop a lot of points on a lot of squads this season, so they're not going to be alone in that. I think they got an opportunity, but how can you go against the UW Superior squad who is in fuego right now? They are feeling real good, Wyatt. They said, you know what? We want to go south and get away from the bitter cold over Christmas break. Let's go down to Naples. But it was a business trip, Wyatt. Mm -hmm. They're facing off against a top 10 club, number 8 in the country at the time, John Carroll. Not only do they win, they have a massive first half up by a lot into the locker room, and then finish it off in the second half. They win by 11, score darn near 90, and then we talk about why. What do the best teams in basketball do? They win shootouts, and they win rock fights. This mm -hmm. wasn't maybe a Wisconsin-esque rock fight, but 55-46 over Clarkson the next day. So they can win multiple different ways. They're always going to dig in defensively. You never have to question that about UW-Superior. And some people within that program, and even Coach Polkowski said this a few months ago, it is the deepest team that I have had in my time here at Superior, the most depth that he has seen so far in his career there. So that's saying something, Wyatt, for a squad that maybe had some question marks coming into the year. They're feeling real good right now, and you know maybe the only question you would have is there's some hangover from those big performances in Florida and a top 10 win. So shout out to them. Congrats to Superior on that. But you know what? UMAC play is where you make your hay. So if mm. they start losing some games in UMAC play, we forget real soon about that top 10 win. And it's kind of like that was a one-off. That wasn't really leading to anything more this season. So you know as a coaching staff, Pukowski and his assistants are guarding against that. I do not feel like there's going to be a hangover at the Mertz on Saturday, 3 o'clock. Be there, be square. The Battle of Wisconsin, Jackets win by 10-plus. They score 75-plus, and they move to 2-1 and one in UMAC play. Yeah, I, here's the deal. I'm going to take Superior as well, and the biggest difference with this team compared to past teams, they've they've proven it a little bit more already this year. You know what I mean? Like they, they as you said, their most yeah. recent example. Like just, they, just look at the offensive numbers, White. Right and, now, in totality, they lead the UMAC in three point field goal percentage. And and again, it doesn't matter how you win games. It just matters that you win them, and, and they can win them in a lot of different ways, as we've already seen this year. And the fact you beat a nationally ranked team uh, and do it somewhat convincingly uh, as well. It's impressive. And so at home, the only thing that I could think of, you alluded to it as if they were to have a letdown maybe, but I don't see that happening. It's business time. It's go time. UMAC play an important game for them. Playoff aspirations, all of that. Uh, they're going to move to two and one, I think. And this could be a very scary team uh, down the stretch if they can play like they're capable of now that we've uh, seen that. And Northland sometimes struggles with keeping teams off the glass and having trouble with size. Joseph Fahrenholtz, book it. Double, double on Saturday. Okay, double, double. You're just saying that yeah. for fantasy purposes, though, aren't you? Well, You're just you know, speaking I'm, I'm it speaking, into existence. Uh, uh, you read my mind. I, that's what I'm trying to do here, Wyatt. I'm yeah. going to be shy about it. If you want to speak things into existence for your squad and talk about Javon Walker's performance to come on Saturday, please be my guest. 
I think he's going to have another good performance. I mean, he's led the way a couple times for him this year. I mean, he's big, he's my big guy. Big time against John Carroll. He led exactly. The way. No, he's he's my dude. I mean, I I think that uh, he can have another big performance. I'm not going to have to speak it into existence, oh, Ryan. It's just going to happen. Oh, Let's just put okay. it that way. I see. You right. have to explain everything. That makes me think you're worried about it. I mean, I'm confident, so I don't have to give a huge long explanation. You know what I mean? Okay, that is a uh, very very. Uh, fair. Although so, I will say, I'm pretty sure you're killing me in both uh, the men's and women's side, aren't you? Really on, or I, I yeah, think you were me, ahead. I should say in both. Let me get this but, fancy spreadsheet up. I'm up three ninety one to two sixty eight on the men's side. Again, big yeah, piece of that. There's a guy who could be returning for your club, which we'll talk about in a moment this so. weekend. We hope so. Woman's side though, razor thin margins. wide. you're up by twenty two forty eight to two twenty eight. So uh, we're we're tightening all those. I like it. Oh, uh, you never Alrighty. know. Where, where are we moving next? Do I decide this one or you decide? I was going to say, no? I'll let you decide on the men's side for all of them. So where do you want to go? Oof. I think there is one that is the biggest showdown, so I'm going to leave that one for last. And so okay. we are going to go to Mankato. As Bethany, Wyatt, there's no way of getting around it. I'm not going to set a spread, but they are large favorites against Martin Luther. And, you know, if you're a Knights fan listening to this, it's just the reality, unfortunately, with what's going on. Now, anything can happen in the game of basketball, Wyatt, and you and I mentioned it in a past pod. I think we said it. If Martin Luther wins this game at Bethany, you and I have committed. We're doing an instant reaction pod at some point on Saturday night, correct? I am fully committed to that. <laughs> I, I don't uh, see it happening. I'll take Bethany. I'll be very up front with you about that uh bethany has lost a couple games now maybe coming back down to earth but then they go and put up 116 uh against finlandia as well so i mean the offense clearly rolling once again they're at home uh i i think they'll be locked in for this one there's just uh, there's there's a lot that would need to happen uh for martin luther to win this game that's just the way i view it yeah, they scored 85 and 91 in their losses, Wyatt. So it hasn't been a matter of the offense goes away and they can't find a way to score the basketball. That shows up basically night in, night out for Coach Garvin's club. Is it a TDW watch, and are you putting the TDW stamp on this game for Bethany? Hey, T, okay, so TDW, it, it's, it's yep. weird to say. It's going to be both. Triple double watch both, and both triple digit. Yeah, it's going to wow. be both. There's two of them. Remember, there's there's two of them. And uh, so, so I, who's putting up the triple double? You already know. You already know. Ten blocks. The ten block performance. He got half. Been he's gotten. To... He's gotten halfway there before. Uh, I'm just saying, it's not completely far fetched. So you talk about speaking into existence. You're doing it here for Hunter Nielsen. I That's asked true. you earlier to circle the game. This is that the is one. True. No, go ahead. Put yourself out on a ledge. He's going to well, get 10 blocks Saturday. I, again, I can't circle one specific <laughs> game and say it's going to happen. So maybe it'll happen in this one. Maybe it won't. Uh, I I will say I, I think they handle business. I think they could get to dribble digits offensively because Martin Luther has given up 90 a game and they're playing in their home gym. And uh, I think he could have a big monster performance with that. I think he'll be a size mismatch down low. And if Martin Luther tries to go into the paint, uh, he could have his way. So who knows? Never know. Or maybe Mason Ackley has another highlight reel dunk, and he goes a triple-double in a more I, traditional both, way. Both things could happen, honestly. <laughs> we will uh, wait and see on that one. I don't feel like there's uh, much else to be said with that one. So, no. Again, instant action or reaction pod, though, if they get it done. That'll be the upset of the year. So Knights, Knights fans, there you go. That's our promise to you. We will uh, give all the praise to Coach Holt Cedars Club if they find a way to do that. We'll wait and see. Again, anything can happen. We'll wait and see uh, mm-hmm. how that one turns out in Mankato. Two down. Oh, we are next going to go to Mini versus 
poll. Emotions will be running high, undoubtedly, as the squad from downtown Minneapolis is going to make the trek down Snelling to the confines of the Erickson Center to take on Northwestern. Just like we talked about on the women's side, though, Wyatt. It's been a raucous atmosphere a number of times between these two in the Erickson Center. I can speak to that. Probably not as much on Saturday. I say not as much. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's still at least half full, if not more, even though class is not back in session. Find a way to make that an atmosphere at the Erickson Center. I'll stop plugging that. Wyatt, the interesting thing going into this matchup, health. For Mm -hmm. Northwestern. It's a squad that we've talked about, and specifically during the resolutions, you talked about them, how it's looked a little different this year than last. It's still early. They normally find their way as the season progresses, and Coach Groves' club is playing their best basketball mid to late February, and they are peaking at the end of the season. So there's still time to do that, but there are some questions, okay, at 1-1, North Central 1-1 as well. They had some compelling matchups last week. I'm talking about Northwestern. But Seth Fouquet still isn't back. He's been out multiple games. Parker Bainey, Elk River kid, you love that. The freshman has been starting in his place. This is huge, Wyatt. First on Seth, if he can come back into the lineup. And you'd have to think, Wyatt, there's been a conversation from Northwestern coaches. Are we saving Seth? for the game that we really want him back and want to make sure he's as close to 100% and not going to risk it, even though he maybe could have played against St. Norbert or St. Olaf. Again, I'm just, this is reckless speculation right now, but maybe they've been saying we're saving him for when conference play resumes. And boy, oh boy, Wyatt, what a spot it would be for him to get back into the starting lineup to face off against a squad who he played for last year in the last multiple seasons. He's had some really good games in the Erickson Center wearing a Ram uniform. You know that Mr. Fouquet, if you asked him, would say, I really want to come back, and not just that, but have a good performance Saturday against the Rams. And before I throw it back over to you, Wyatt, there's another name we're watching, a guy who's been on the injury report a lot throughout his career at Northwestern, unfortunately, 2K10, Kyle Kamek, all right? captain back for his extra senior year a leader for this squad played against St. Norbert last Thursday the next night against St. Olaf doesn't play I don't know the extent of it it could be so many different things with Kyle that he's dealt with unfortunately over the last couple years hopefully he's back you and I always want to see the best players on the floor but two guys who it's up in the air are they going to play or not on North Central side Wyatt I don't think there are any names to really speak of that we should be concerned about as far as the injury report goes it all starts and ends with Micah Filer trying to put up a big box score they were last in action on Saturday falling to Hamlin but when I looked at the results of that one I don't see anything too out of the ordinary other than you know JT Jonathan Thompson not playing but maybe that's just you know a minutes thing and other guys are playing in front of him I mean all the normal names are out there Micah Filer played 40 minutes on Saturday, and he only scored six points. So if you're a Ram fan, you're saying that cannot happen on the road against Northwestern. I'm rambling and rambling. I'll hand it back over to you. All those injury factors considered for Northwestern and then for North Central, everyone is looking at number 15. How do you see this one playing out for two teams who want to get back up over 500? So first off, the big, big things with Northwestern, as you like, uh, you said, what, what it's the health, you know, with, with yep. uh, you, you called him 2K10. I didn't realize that was his nickname, but I guess that's that's a thing. So yep. uh, Ky- Kyle Kamink is a big part 
of this team, obviously. He's got the most experience uh, back on this team. Seth Fouquet, another guy, ton of experience. And, and this is a big game for him, too, Ryan, just because he's playing, you know, the team he came from. So you you can say uh, he's not going to make it a bigger deal than it is. But the bottom line is this this is a little extra. There There is a little something there. And he wants to uh, go out and put in a big performance, I'm sure, uh, against his former team, assuming he can go. I would have to assume they've been trying to get him healthy and ready for this game. That's why we haven't seen him for a while. Obviously, it's speculation. I don't know for sure. I would assume that's part of this. And uh, same with Kyle. They're trying to get him ready to go for this in the conference stretch. Health is going to play a big role. The other big factor in this one, too, is can Micah Filer put in a monster performance? Because I think that is what it is what's going to take for North Central to get a win on the road. I, the same thing applies on the men's side as it did on the women's side. I think they catch him at a good time because you're not going to get as many students there, theoretically, for this game because there's no school yet still at Northwestern. All that to be said, a lot of this is matching up well for North Central. They got a lot of things working in their favor. But I am going to take Northwestern on their home court. Again, losing to Morris, I think, will uh, get them back on the right track here now for this UMAC game. They usually give up one game, if not two, uh, during the conference season, it tends to seem like here in recent years. They just gave that one game up a little bit earlier where it's like, wow, I didn't expect them to lose that one. So I think they bounce back and uh, get a win here at home. But there is some question marks, and uh, there's there's some things that could play a factor. If uh, Fuquay and K-Mink don't go, which I expect they will to some extent, uh, at least Kyle I expect to play to some extent, uh, I think they can handle that, get the win. By the way, Henry Fonbouille, man, what a monster he's been lately. So I think he can have another big game potentially here as well, and I think there's enough pieces for Northwestern to get this win on their home court. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there, Wyatt. Uh, I've asked it to you about a couple players. I'm going to ask you because you said Mike has got to have a monster. You said monster performance. I think how much so. Does he have, how much does he have to drop for them to win? Assuming it is a higher scoring game, which I do tend to think that's that's going to be the case, I'd say I, I would be shocked if North Central wins this game and he doesn't score at least 25. You know, okay. I think I, I think there's other people for North Central that can contribute. We've been talking about it up to this point this year where we've said there is some guys that are going to have to do some things. But uh, can you, you know what I mean? Can can they help enough if he doesn't yeah. get to 25? And I don't know if they've proven that yet. So he, he has to be the guy. And I think 25 at least at the minimum if they want to win this game, because I'm going to assume there's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. I like how you mentioned that, Wyatt, and I think it's fair. Have they proven it? We can look at the non-conference box scores that we've seen during the season and go back and say, you know what, they fell to Morris just like Northwestern did, and then they beat Crown. But who was the guy who went off against Crown? Micah Filer. Clearly, Mm -hmm. he's the focal point. They don't have to apologize about him getting 15, 20-plus field goal attempts that he very well likely could have on Saturday. You should be getting your best player the basketball and finding ways for him to score, and that's what I'm – Honestly, looking forward to see why it is. How does Northwestern defend him as far as if ball screens are set? Are they constantly going over the top? Are they flashing two guys at him? Are they making it really hard for him off the ball? Does North Central say at some point we want to have him take up the basketball so he just starts with it? Or is he coming off the ball? And if he is coming off the ball and he's not getting a lot of touches because he's being hounded by maybe a guy like Kyle Kamink, who's a great defender if he's back and healthy, does Micah start to take up the ball in the second half if they're down double digits? All a lot of questions I have. And oh, by the way, Wyatt, It's all happening in the head of Coach Jeremy Becker on the Mm -hmm. road for the first time in his career as a head coach in the UMAC. Big spot. Big spot. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's had some big spots already this season, but this is a different level. Going on the road at Northwestern, who's the defending UMAC champion. So how does he play all those little things and then find those secondary and third options that you need to have if you're going to pull off a win on the road? If this game were at North Central, I think it's a lot more plausible to say, do the Eagles maybe drop another one, especially if there's some injury concerns. But they've already lost one at home, like you mentioned. I think they have started to figure some things out, and a big question that we have is health, obviously. But I said it with multiple teams before. It didn't really come to fruition with Morris, but I think especially in this matchup, Wyatt, I question the Cam Thomases of the world, the Caden Sons of the world. Can you do enough physically in the paint to keep Hoyleen, Fambule, K-Mink, and others off the glass? Because that could very well be a factor in this game. Even if the Eagles aren't totally hitting their stride offensively and not making open jump shots at the clip that they would like to do so, and we've seen some difficulties with that early this season, will it matter? Can Henry do whatever he wants on the block, and can the Eagles get second chances? All those are questions coming in. I think the Eagles win, and I think they do it by seven or eight, maybe nine or ten points. And I, I think Mike has got to have a huge game. I agree with you. I think he may have to put up a 30-burger, and you know, I'm just interested to see – Northwestern in the past has done a really nice job against players coming into their gym and not giving them a ton of looks. I mean, Cade Carroll was an exception to that last year. And don't worry, folks, we're going to talk about him and Crown in a little bit. But then when they made adjustments, Wyatt, in the UMAC ship, a lot different story. So that's a huge question for me. Is Micah taking the ball up most of the time? And if so, how do the Eagles defend that? And if he's not, how often can he get the ball running off screens or whatever it may be to get good looks? I don't know what the recipe is. I mean, I don't know why if you have a preference yourself on that for like a point forward like Micah, he's not a true guard. Do you think generally it's better just let him walk up the floor like we see so much in the NBA? Or do you feel like it's better and actually harder for Northwestern to defend if he is away from the ball? I'd say probably away from the ball just because they can run him off a lot of screens and potentially, you know, create other opportunities. He's tough. I mean, we've seen it over the course of his career. He can do both, uh, obviously. So I think we'll see a little bit of both. And uh, that that's definitely a key matchup to watch early in this one. There's no question. Uh, is, is Northwestern going to be able to keep him at bay? And uh, can he do enough to kind of carry uh, this uh, Rams team to a victory? So I, I would, to answer your question, I think away from the ball, I know I always like to be away from the ball when I was playing back in high school, and I know it's different at the college level, but uh, it's sometimes easier to get into a rhythm with you know catching and shooting or getting multiple screens to help get you open and freed. And you did like to get into a rhythm wide. Oof, watch out. When you got coming off ball screens and got some room, it was it was lights out. It was, I was tough. I'll say opposition. this. I was not I was not an off the ball or I was not a dribble, you know, shooter. I, I had to catch and shoot. That was that was my game. So maybe I'm a little there's biased no pro- in that answer. Yeah, but there's no problem with that though. Every team needs a guy like that. I would agree. I agree with you. Alrighty. So, so who you, who would you go with in this one? So Just, I have Northwestern. I was saying do. by at least seven or eight, if not nine or ten, in this one. Okay. Yeah. I, I. I. Here's the deal. When we recap, I wouldn't be surprised if North Central won this game. But from a prediction standpoint, it's hard to pick against Northwestern uh, on uh, on their home court, uh, just knowing what we know about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with that. So we are six for six in agreement. Well, three for three. I was thinking there's six teams, but you and I both took Northwestern. We both took Superior, and we both took Bethany. There could be some variance with this last one, Wyatt. All right. Minnesota Morris, and we all predicted why. You were all over it. In November, you were saying, 
Ryan, there's something different about this squad. They're going to find a way to go at North Central on the Friday night and then turn it around Saturday afternoon at Northwestern. They're going to pick up both road wins. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. You were right. They're 2-0 in UMAC play. And Crown's the opposite for a squad that by many was considered to be at or near the top coming into this year with the returners they have back. Huge piece of it. Again, Cade Carroll, not available. Has been out now for more than a month, about a month and a half-ish. He's a factor and a reason why they're 0-2 so far in UMAC play. But, Wyatt, those are the facts. Crown gets their first home game in UMAC play. You know the whack is going to be bumping for this one. So much so that they kind of, I don't know why everyone's zigging and maybe Crown is saying we're going to zag. Because all the men's games, from what I'm reading, start 3 o'clock sharp. UMAC it gets back. Everyone well, rejoices across the upper Midwest. Yeah. Crown starts at four. Yeah, and obviously, why. obviously, that carries over the women's game as well, with it being uh, uh, back a little bit. So I don't know what the deal is with that or uh, why they did that. But hey, I mean, do whatever you want to do. I guess. Are, are they building the suspense? They want it to be more of a standalone moment. So when the second half of that game's happening, no other men's game is competing with it, and UMAC super fans can be purely locked into what's happening in the WAC. I don't know. I guess. I mean, if, <laughs> if if that's the way they look at it or if that's the way they want to do it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. That That is interesting. But let's talk about the matchup itself. Let's let's dive into that, not about the time uh, in, in which they're going to play. Because Morris has been the team that's made the biggest statement early this year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they deserve all the credit in the world. But as I mentioned earlier on in the pod, Wyatt, I mean, they went into a cave, and they've been in hibernation, and they haven't seen daylight for weeks. they got to get woken up and readjust their eyesight. I mean, they haven't played since that Northwestern game where yeah. they won on the road back on the 10th of December, almost yeah. a full month off. They were supposed to play on the road at Waldorf earlier this week. It was canceled because of the snow. But that's not meaningless, Wyatt, to go almost a full month and go on the road I mean, it's a tough start to UMAC play. They've passed the first two tests on the road at North Central and Northwestern, but now at Crown after a month off, I mean, do you think we're going to see in the first five, ten minutes of this game trying to get the cobwebs off of them and trying to knock the rust off, maybe a little bit of a slow start for Morris on the road? You, you know, I tell you, you mentioned the start, and uh, just, just you know, you, you go on the road at Northwestern, at North Central, and now you have to go at Crown. They can't possibly go 3-0 and <laughs> on those three, can they? There's there's just, there's there's no they way, could. is there? They could. I <sighs> mean, if, if Cade's not out there, obviously this whole discussion is it, it's different. True. It's true, it's true. It's worth noting, Crown got a couple games over the winter break, but, I mean, they still haven't played for a bit. Their last game was back on Tuesday the 20th of December, and I don't know if you saw the video, Wyatt. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier, Jamar White, the guard that comes off the bench. He went coast-to-coast coast with under 10 seconds left, as you would call it, coast-to-coast coast, peanut butter and toast. Wasn't that your call? That, that is correct. <laughs> I <laughs> used that uh, one. He laid it in to put them in front, and as they picked up uh, that win out in Cali, you know, Cade hasn't been in a game since, I believe, the 15th uh, of November against Gustavus, and I'm going to fact-check that here in a moment. But here's what I'll ask you, Wyatt. I mean, they've been good out of the gates. Crown still has talent, but... Is Morris too good with especially what we've seen early for Crown if Kate is not on the floor? I mean, what what percent chance, maybe I guess is a better question, that Crown can pick up a win at home, 
but with, without Cade against a Morris club that's already two and zero. How do you how do you handicap that if you will? Yeah. So the the UMAC uh, Power Basketball or whatever the the FBI or whatever. Yeah, the Power Index uh, with Cade Carroll on the court, I'd say it gives Crown an eighty percent chance to win this game. Uh, with wow. him off, I'm as will I'm willing to go as low as like sixty. I still think they're the favorite on their home okay. court. And I actually okay. am going to take Crown to win this game. I think they okay. get it done regardless of what happens. This isn't me throwing shade at Morris either. Or trying uh, it, to people could read it that I, way. I, yeah. I, you you read it that way apparently. <laughs> but uh, here's the deal: it, people look at the, the the records in conference play. Morris is two and zero. Crown's zero and two. And you say to yourself, "Oh, he's picking an upset." It really I, I don't look at it as an upset. I don't know if you necessarily would either. Like Crown with the pieces they have back. They're going to be one of the better teams in this conference. And, yeah, Morris is off to a great start. Can they sustain it, though? I need to see them sustain it. It was one really good weekend. They haven't played for a really long time. I do think that factors into this. Crown got a few games, like you mentioned. And I think Crown has enough pieces, even if Cade Carroll doesn't play, on their home court, they know how important this game is. You can't fall to 0-3. We talked about it on the women's side a little bit. You can't uh, do it on the men's side either and then expect to uh, really make a ton of noise. I mean, obviously, they could rattle off 11 straight wins, but what are the chances of that happening? There's major implications on the line here, and with Crown on their home court, I think they get it done regardless of if Cade plays or not. If Cade plays, I think they get a little bit more of a cushion, but uh, even without him, I think they could win. Yeah, you know why we talk a lot about atmospheres and how they play into these big games. Maybe I should rephrase that. I talk about it a lot. You maybe roll your eyes on the other side and be like, Woody, just shut up about these atmospheres. But anyway, you know, we talked a lot about the whack last year and, you know, what we heard from what was happening on site there in St. Bonnie, and it all culminated in that Friday night in late February when they beat North Central in that fantastic game in the UMAX Emmy. I mean, Polar supporters now more than ever, your club needs you. Big time. I mean, I talk about the loser leaves town on the woman's side. It's different on this side. You you wouldn't say this is a loser. No, it's not a loser leaves town because, you know, Morris is 2-0, obviously, so that's not the case. But, you know, we know I'm not even going to ask you, is this a must-win for Crown? Because it isn't, because it's so early. But it it's... I don't even. It kind of feels like it, it, though. It, I see, is but it? I disagree. I kind of think it, okay. it does have that feeling, don't you? I mean, the the difference with them that I look at, though, if they had already lost one or two at home, they haven't even played a home game yet. So as long as you're holding serve at home and having a good record there, you give yourself a chance. And it's not like you know, no disrespect to these other teams, but it's not like you lost at Northland in one of those games. I mean, Crown lost at Northwestern, and at North Central. And those are two clubs who we expect to be at least competing near the top of the conference, okay? So even with Cade, those would have been tougher games. Now, obviously, you wish you could have gotten one win, but there's urgency that has to be had, okay? I'll just stop you know, speculating and put it at that point. But if Cade isn't playing, I mean, who is the leader? In their last game, in their last win, it was Seth Royston. I hope he can put up big numbers, but you know, for him, I'd say don't fall in love with the three-point shot. I mean, you can shoot it if it's in rhythm and it makes sense, but... Don't get complacent. I mean, try to do things on the inside. And, you know, Morris, that's the thing too, Wyatt. We kind of talked about it with the Jackets a little bit earlier. They have found a way to win basketball games multiple different ways this season. I mean, UMAC over Wyack, they win a grinder 65-60 at Augsburg. But then at Northwestern, they put up 93. So they've proven they can win a lot of different ways. And as far as we know, so long as no serious injury or accident happened, during the practices leading up to this game, 
they should be fully healthy. We don't know the same about Crown, obviously. So, I mean, this is as big of a game that Morris has had wide in how long? And I know it's I know it's early. Don't get me wrong. And I think when your brother was playing, maybe there was one year where they were in a semifinal or a quarter against Northwestern in the playoffs. And I know that's different. But maybe if we just labeled it as in the first week of January, it's as much that's been on the line and as big of opportunity, I guess, if we want to label it that way, that Morris has had. And it, it's got to be at least three, four, five years, doesn't it? I mean, for an opportunity yeah, like this for them? I mean, to this magnitude. Remember, I mean, they've played in the conference championship uh, before. I mean, they played against my brother in one of the conference Re- championships. I forgot about that. His name. Were uh, they like a two or three seed? Yeah, it was It was in the Erickson Center. I can't remember the guy's name. R.J. Davis or something like that. C.D. C. Douglas. C.D. Douglas. I was thinking the North Carolina guy when I said that. I have no <laughs> idea why. But uh, yeah. C.D. Douglas. And he was, you know, he had a great year for them. And so, I mean, they, they're not, like, completely unfamiliar to success, but you're right. I mean, since that year, I would argue this is uh, the biggest opportunity in front of them, without a doubt. Yeah, this is so tough because it's like we've talked about, you know, in the past with Northwestern and maybe saving a guy for the bigger game that's coming up. And maybe this was the plan all along for Crown. Maybe Cade could have played a couple weeks ago in California, but they're just saying, you know, what's the use? We'd like to get him out there and get, you know, a dry run before we get back to UMAC play, but we don't want to risk it. I don't know at all if he's going to play or not. I have a feeling there's a chance he could just because it's been almost two months it'll be since that injury, and I hope he's back. All As UMAC fans, I hope all of us hope he's back. I mean, even Morris players, you want to play against the best guys, mm-hmm. and that's what's tough for Coach Grove and his staff. It's way different preparing if he's on the floor versus if he's not. We don't know that, obviously, but something's telling me that Crown's going to find a way and Coach Herbert and his staff are going to take advantage of the lawn buildup, and I'm not doing this to disrespect Morris at all because I think this game is literally going to go down to the final minute. No more than three points either way, even if Morris wins. I think Crown wins by one, two, or three, and it's going to be a finish like we saw a couple times last year at the WAC in their tight matchups against North Central where this thing is going to be under 30 seconds and maybe whoever has the basketball last is going to win the game. This is going to be a fantastic basketball game, I truly believe, in St. Bonnie. But Crown's going to find a way. And we hope Cade's back out there, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Oh, the way you're building it up, I hope it lives up to the hype. I I will say that. I mean, this this is going to be... This is going to be an instant classic is what it sounds like. So, yeah, we will uh, find out. But there you go. There's our predictions on the women's and men's side. Anything else uh, here as we wrap this one up? No, I don't got much else to get to. I mean, it was uh, fun to get back to uh, talking about some UMAC games. You know, we're, we're not against, you know, the other games that are played for this, you know, conference and where you're facing off against teams in the WIAC and the MIAC and who knows what other conferences, but this feels right. Doesn't it? Why? And I mean, it kind of forces us to get back to our top level of game. We got to lock in now. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm excited now that it, if, officially begins like you know you mentioned earlier I I think this is when conference play truly does start even though we had the first couple of games back in 2022 so it's uh it's time to get it rolling if uh, you're 0-2 you got to get back in the saddle here and find a way to get some wins Uh, if you're 2-0 you're only as good as your last performance here or your next performance I should say which is the one coming up so uh, looking forward to seeing how these games go this weekend and uh, should be should be exciting to recap it that's for sure uh, if if nothing else, 
Uh, that does it for the basketball talk. So I don't know. Do you want a quick talk about football? I mean, <laughs> I don't have to. Your two I, cents. I don't have to. But if if you really want to hear it, we can. We can. I mean, we'll we'll put the plugs out uh, real quick. We're going to talk some point next week, and we're going to start to get into a rhythm of you know reacting. Then, just kind of like what we did um, back last month in December to the first weekend of UMAC play, where we do reaction and then preview back and forth. So we're going to do that a lot over the next couple weeks. As I mentioned earlier, I mean, keep your eyes on the feed. If you're listening to this and there's no newer content than this, just wait. It's coming soon, and that's uh, all I'll say right now. But we uh, really enjoyed a conversation and a first for this season on the pod, so uh, look forward to that. I mentioned the team earlier, if you were actually listening. I'm not going to mention I, I'm sure they were. Out, I'm so. sure they were. Yeah, I'm sure they were as well. But as always, if you have any suggestions for – future coaches or players that we should talk with or just ideas for the pod feedback really whatever you got our um, inbox is open for that would love to hear from you uao the umac at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at uao the umac or just search unlike any other the umac our dms are open as well all right with that we transition like I said in the last pod, for anyone who actually cares to listen to this, why I just got to ask you, because you had so many hot takes and statements and so confident with your Georgia Bulldog Club, thought it would never even be a game. But C.J. Stroud, I mean, made you sweat a little bit. What'd you think? Just your two cents. How was that experience New Year's Eve watching your Georgia Bulldogs just barely by the skin of their chinny chin chin somehow, some way, find a way in their backyard to move on to yet another national championship well to be clear here you were the one that said you know ohio state didn't really have much of a chance i was trying to give the impression that they could if they were to play their best game potentially stay in it and that's what they did they played their a game in georgia quite honestly like you said uh probably played their b b minus game i mean that's that's just the reality and they still found a way to win i mean we had the terrible interception we missed two field goals uh everything was going against us for the longest time and we found a way to get it done. I would say I got nervous when it was 38 to 24. And well, honestly, I was nervous when it was 35 to 24 and there was the targeting, which wasn't. I'm glad they took that away. I don't think it was, although targeting's broken and, and you know, they need to fix that rule because they just basically make up their mind on what is and what isn't. So that's a whole nother story. So I was nervous then, but then we hold into the field goal. I'm feeling okay. We go down, we have to settle for a field goal. And uh, it stays an 11-point game. I thought for sure we were losing the game. So I, I was not feeling good about it. Pulled it out. Stetson Bennett, he just seems to outplay whoever the, the, the quarterback is. The always is delivered, Wyatt. Doesn't matter hey, the weather. Stetson finds a way to get he into does. the mailbox. And, Rain, snow, sun or shine. And the reality is uh, if he wins on mon- next Monday night against TCU, uh, he'll be the greatest, greatest, not most talented, greatest player in Georgia football history. To wow. Nash, what, what he's done for this program, like his legacy will live forever. So uh, who would have thought? Herschel so? Walker will be forgotten. if Stetson He will be the most talented player unquestionably <laughs> to ever play at the University of Georgia. But the legacy of Stetson Bennett will be bigger. Absolutely. Don't forget, don't forget about my guy Aaron Murray. All-time SEC hey, leader in passing. Aaron Murray, Aaron Murray he came didn't, out. He didn't win, but it wasn't his fault. You're right. It wasn't. And I feel bad. I mean, that, that was tough. I, I remember that. So... Uh, Aaron Murray even came out and said he he was like uh, Stetson's officially the greatest uh, QB in Georgia history. So he's 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 there on the go. record saying that. So take that Matthew Stafford. Eat yeah, 
<laughs> Absolutely. There, there you go. So, no, I was a little nervous, but that's what great teams do. They find a way to win even when they don't play their best, and that's what Georgia did. Happy to get the dub. Uh, I you know, kept the phone off to the side the majority of the game, and that's what I do anyways going into these games because next thing you know, you get a million texts from people, and it's like, I don't want to deal with that during the game. So I uh, was able to uh, take a look at what people were saying and how everybody was reacting to the game as they saw it, and yeah, I mean, it was it was a heck of a win. And uh, your second cousin, as you always call him, A.D. Mitchell, you know, yeah. coming up with the big catch. Good to have and, him back. Yes. Yeah, no, it is. It was. I thought he was in for a monster game. He caught the first two passes on the opening drive, and then he, he caught one more. The rest of the game, it just happened to be the when touchdown. It ma- so When it mattered most. You know? there, there was a lot of weird things in that game. Uh, I didn't think the officiating in particular was that great for both teams. Uh, I'm not going to say it was just against Georgia. It was both teams. And uh, both teams had some players that were sick so I think that was kind of it was just kind of a weird feel a weird atmosphere uh, but uh, one of the greater uh, games I've seen in a long time and uh, happy to go back to back because I don't think TCU stands a chance yeah that was going to be my next point because uh, you said that uh, more likely than not it was going to be Michigan and uh, most people said that but it's not Michigan wide where, where is Michigan now what's JJ McCarthy doing and can we see can we see one more shot of his family Wyatt remind oh me oh my gosh who's, and who's and his mom hey. who's his dad who's his girlfriend hey. we need to see him <laughs> one more time and remember what he said uh, he promised they'll be back you know in, in his post game oh, yeah. he is a very confident young man so I mean I give him props for that but uh yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're going to be back. Just, just personally. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, that was uh, that. That was uh, something for for Michigan to blow that game. Think about what it took for TCU to win the game, though. Two pick sixes. Michigan got stopped on the inside the five twice, and uh, they still almost won the game at the hey. end. And the end of the thing. So, hey, players make plays when it matters most, and TCU doesn't have to apologize. I mean, they stepped up when it matters most. If they're going to throw the football to you, you take it and you run the other direction and. It ain't over until you cross the goal stripe. So, you know, I I was most impressed. I mean, all jokes aside, what they did at the line of scrimmage, no one gave them a chance to do. They more than held their own, both rushing the football themselves with, mind you, their backup running back for most of the game after Miller went down. And then also, the way they shut down the run. I mean, we had the one out of the gate where I'm starting to think, oh, boy, is this going to be what it's going to be? Like, you remember the first play from scrimmage? What was it, 64 yards from Donovan To be honest, I don't know how Edwards gets – tracked from behind there and the he's, game was he's over gotta, from there he's got to when, when score he didn't that. get in the end zone michigan had no chance when he didn't get a house call there he I mean, has got to find recover. a way he's got to find a way to get in there that's just my my personal some, opinion but some guys why it can't be like your guy mcintosh where they get eaten up by the turf monster some are actually caught by the opposition you, you know it's run? funny how about See, that i was i was going crazy when that was happening so i didn't actually hear chris fowler's call uh, of the run because you know i was, was excited hilarious. and then i listened back to it and yeah the call the call was hilarious it's one of my favorite calls just just his reaction raw he, he just was, passion he was so mad because he was starting to call it a touchdown yeah no he did he I literally think he said you got to be kidding me didn't he, he did he did no i <laughs> that's what i loved about it that was one of my favorite if not favorite calls from the entire night because of how just uh, in the moment he was so uh, good stuff, but yeah, good, good win. I mean, that's that's what I thought. I don't give TCU much of a chance, and if Georgia does win and go back-to-back, uh, like I said, Stetson Bennett's legacy, I mean, regardless, it's going to live forever. It's just going to be much, much bigger uh, if he wins that second national championship. 
And you'll get like a, a little tattoo of number thirteen on your your forearm or your your ankle or something. <laughs> if I ever were to get a tattoo, it would be where it's not uh, visible, but just because you know that's that's the way I roll. I'm not, uh, you know, sure. if people want to get a tattoo, uh, go ahead. I'm not condemning tattoos by any means. Me personally, not my thing. So that's fair. Score prediction, real quick, and then I'll shut up. TCU yeah. Um, well, you got to give one too, then, but uh, and sure. then you can shut up. But uh, I'll take Georgia, and I do. I think they can cover the spread, which is twelve and a half. I'll so it's say gone down because it it's gone down what, a point. It, it, it opened okay. thirteen and a half. It's still the largest in like college football playoff championship history, but it has gone down a little bit. I will take Georgia. I don't see how TCU stops us. Uh, I'll take forty-five. And I'll say TCU scores some 24. Let's go 45-24. Okay. You know, we had such an outstanding day in those semis, unlike anything we've seen before. And, you know, the CFP needed it badly, quite frankly. I mean, they needed at least one of those. That was more than any of us could ask or imagine. I say all that to say no expectations coming in. I mean, if Georgia wins by 30, we can't complain and be like, come on, why didn't we have a game? You and I talked about this earlier. I mean, just think about what TCU's done. There's not many quote-unquote Cinderella's in college football as there are in college basketball. That's why I like college basketball more and why college basketball is supreme. You know, we love okay, it at the okay. D3 I level agree. on this squad. But I agree we don't have to get into that now with the no, NBA. But No, well, yeah, I wasn't even going to bring up the NBA, actually. Uh, but, you know, just, just appreciate that a team like TCU could get this far. Now, what's going to happen in this moment? You know, we all hope, I mean, I guess you maybe don't want it, but most of us hope that it's a close, compelling game and that it means something in the fourth quarter and somehow it's it's close down the stretch. But more likely than not, it, it's not going to be. But, you know, you can't complain if you're a college football fan, in my opinion, with what we got on Saturday. All that is to say they could score 45. I don't think they score that much. I'm going to go 37-21. to 21. Georgia pulls away. They're up by nine halfway through the fourth quarter and then put up a touchdown to really put the icing on the cake. So it's not a total absolute blowout, but they cover. They win by 16, and uh, Georgia goes back-to-back. And Alabama has their run, officially end as a dynasty, and Nick Saban will never recover after Georgia wins. Mm, never, never recover. Never. See, He's retiring within three years, as I mentioned. George, Georgia will be the new dynasty. They already are, regardless of what happens on, on Well, Monday. but some would argue you got to go back-to-back to be the D-word concerned, or at yeah, least just win a second in the span of three years. And that's fine. I mean, I guess I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that necessarily. But, it's I mean. Va- it's validation, Wyatt. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I guess that's fair. I, I think they, they're going to win, so it's not going to be a problem. But uh, I, I see them uh, getting it done, and I'm not going to go as far as to say Nick Saban's done because I every time people want to say that, it finds a way to come back, it seems like. So until he officially retires. Remember, within three years. I'm not saying he's retiring kay. now. But their run, their run is done. They're not winning another national championship with him at the helm. I think he wants one more, though. I don't think he wants to retire until he gets that one more. So you're saying he's going to retire and and he's going to go away bitterly after he can't get that last one he wants? Yeah, because I don't think he's going to coach until he's 85 or 90. I, I could be wrong. He could go. Well, how old is he now? I mean, I mean uh, is he it, upper 70s? I was going to say. I mean, we're not we're not that far away from from 85. Just saying. I don't I don't think he's coaching for that much. He's 71. Wow. Okay. I'm I'm really wrong. He's for sure. Uh, he's definitely not coaching until 85, 90. Then I thought he was older too. Yeah, he's 71 and Kirby's 47. Oofda. I mean, 
lot of time for Kirby to do some damage, if you ask me. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, indulging me on that, Wide, and I hope uh, you know some of our listeners who were brave enough to hang on for this lawn enjoyed it. I don't have anything else. I don't either. Go dogs! Uh, special uh, thanks, like Ryan had mentioned. Be looking uh, for another one coming out here in a little bit uh, later this week. or dep- I guess it depends. It might already be out, depending on when you're listening to this episode. But we did get a chance to talk to a few uh, special uh, guests and uh, looking forward to uh, your uh, guys' uh, thoughts on that one. If you have any complaints about it or, uh, you know, you, we're, we're, we'll take it, right, Ryan? I mean, we want people to interact. Uh, so uh, Feedback is good feedback. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. We want more interaction. So uh, with that, thanks for listening. Already threw in how to get involved, but if you want to, again, and missed it at the beginning, it's uao, the umac at gmail.com. That's our email address. And then, of course, on Twitter at unlike any other the UMAC, and uh, looking forward to seeing how uh, these games shape up this Saturday. For Ryan Mitchell, this is Wyatt Morrell. This has been another edition of the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC podcast.